Hello and welcome to the F1 Republic podcast. Each week we'll be talking about everything F1, whether it's rankings, debates, or just simply chatting about the pinnacle of motorsport. You can listen to us on Spotify or YouTube and make sure you check out our website and Twitter pages as well. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. And if you want to support the podcast, make sure to give us a like as well. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the beginning of the F1 Republic podcast and um, you'll be wondering why you can only hear my voice. We had a little recording issue with the podcast. The first 10 minutes of the podcast are kind of missing but do not worry it's not much. We have loads of the podcast still there but uh, it's essentially the introductions and all of our top threes apart from me of our drivers predictions for the F1 2021 season Liam and Chris who you will hear uh, as when the podcast actually gets on the way and you're not just listening to me have said the top three for the drivers which I have here which I can now read out to you and apologies if the intro is a bit rough if my voice right now sounds a bit rough, it is three in the morning. I've had to do this last ditch kind of additional thing. As I have discovered, there is some missing content. But do not worry, there is plenty still to come in this podcast, as you can see by the length of this podcast. But to say what Liam and Chris said, and myself, uh, so we were doing the top well, we're doing all the drivers in the driver standing. We were doing predictions. And uh, we got to driver number three for me. But I'll say what Liam and Chris said. They said Hamilton for the championship. Both of them said it. And Verstappen, second in the world championship. Not that many surprises there. Unless you're a massive Mercedes fanboy and think they're going to get 1-2 this season. I stupidly have said... Verstappen will win the title and Hamilton will come second. Pretty damn unlikely, to say the least, especially after witnessing the whole Mercedes launch and hidden stuff that we know of today. But we didn't know this when we were recording this episode. So I've gone a bit brave with that prediction, I'll say, by saying Verstappen will win the title. But we'll see. You never know. I might be right. Bottas is third for both Chris and Liam. So they're both just gone for the same thing anyway. So it's made it quite easy for me to fill in. But do not worry, there's plenty more still to come in this podcast and we will now switch back to the actual content you want to hear. So I shall shut up and enjoy the episode. So yeah, I am third in the drivers for myself I am actually gonna go for I will go for Perez um, which is only because I think the Red Bull will surprisingly be up there with Mercedes and taking Chris's point actually um, saying that Perez is 
got more balls than Bottas. <laughs> but um, so I, I've gone for Perez, Liam's gone for Bottas, and Chris has gone for Bottas as well for third. Uh, Liam, who are you going for fourth in the driver standings? Uh, probably not a surprise um, from what I've obviously already said. But, um, Perez in fourth. I agree. I think with, with, I agree with Chris. I think Perez is a better driver than Bottas. I think he's got more about him as a driver. Uh, but it comes back to the the point I've been making so far is that the Mercedes is going to be faster. Definitely at the start of the season. I'm not too sure towards the back end. But mm. uh, that's where all the points are going to be uh, are going to be uh, accumulated for Mercedes, for Bottas, and for Hamilton. Um, and then the gap's going to just be too big for the Red Bull drivers to to overtake. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair enough show. Um, and what about yourself, Chris? Um, I think that Perez will be fourth, um, and that will basically 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 be down to the first couple of races in which um, Perez has got to adjust to the new team, adjust to the new car. Um, he's got the pre-season for that, but it's not in race conditions, the pre-season. So I think we'll have like one to two races in which he really needs to adjust himself, really needs to get going, and after he gets going he'll be really fast, and he'll actually be um, maybe even faster than Bottas is. But I think mm. that by the time um, Perez is adjusted to the new car and to the new team, uh, Bottas will have a, have a gap up on him. Um, and com uh, combine that with a Mercedes that's quicker than a Red Bull, I think Perez will be fourth, but it won't be a big gap, I think. Mm, interesting. Um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to go for Bottas, um, because furthermore of what I've said, you know, the, that, and like you guys said actually as well, the Mercedes is just going to be up there. He, he's definitely not, in my opinion, um, top four, top five drivers, best driver on the grid, um, but it's the machinery that helps him out there. And um, Liam, who do you think will be fifth in the standings? We've done both Mercedes and Red Bull now, so it's got to be somebody else. <laughs> yeah, uh, place in the championship for me is going to be uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's going to he's going to beat Norris. I think. Um, but I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited for the McLaren lineup. I, I'm a huge fan of Danny Rick and Lando, to be fair. So um, I'm excited to see how it plays out between them both. But I think Ricardo, uh, obviously, is a lot. I think is he ten years older than Lando, so he's got a yeah. lot more. He's got a lot more racing uh, sort of know-how and knowledge um, about him. So I think that'll come in handy. Uh, I don't think it'll take him long to get used to that McLaren um, and I also think the Mercedes engine in the back of that McLaren is going to be uh, an absolute sweetener for him as well yeah I, and that's that is a very good shout and uh, Ricardo, you'd have to say he's probably in the prime of his career right now um, not that he's been in the best of cars uh, in that Renault for the last two seasons but he has been getting the job done and um, and that is a that's a good shout for fifth in the driver standings. Chris, who are you going for for fifth? 
Oh, I thought that I was going to make a very bold statement, but mm. somebody has already <laughs> taken my statement. <laughs> I'm going uh, with Danny Rick as well. Uh, he's a really cool guy, really fast driver. I think he'll show. Uh, I'll actually say that he'll show Norris around the house. Ooh. Show Norris around the playground. Uh, I think he'll easily beat Norris. Um, yeah, he's got a very competitive car this year. This year, um, and I think he'll be able to fully show his potential in a quick car this season. And he'll need to grab it by bo with both his hands. And I think he'll do that. I think he'll a question for you guys saying Ricardo, how close do you think Ricardo will get in the, in the driver standings to that top four bracket of the Red Bull Mercedes guys, starting with you Chris? I will say that he will get like four to five podiums. Um, I don't think he'll be able to get a win uh, mm. because, um, yeah, well the top four is just too strong. Um, I think he'll get like four to five podiums. I reckon around that amount of podiums. That mm. would be a good season for him. A decent season for Mercedes, uh, McLaren, Mercedes, Mercedes as well. And you, Lim? Um, well, I'm not going to spoil anything that I'm going to say <laughs> later. But I think he's going to be—he's going to push the top four. I think he—I I really think he will. I think you know it'll get down to that last race in Abu Dhabi, and I think he'll still be within a chance to be fourth in the championship interesting so I, I think he'll run run them all very close interesting so you think he will be in a race with Perez in the Red Bull for that fourth place come Abu Dhabi yeah, then fourth place yeah definitely interesting um I again I mean for those obviously new to the podcast as it is our first episode you'll they'll know I'm a bit of a Leclerc fan um, and I'm going for Leclerc in fifth. He's going to beat both McLarens, and that is probably going to be a bold one as well, <laughs> because it all depends on this new uh, Ferrari engine. But I think, yeah, I think it will be good. I think they have been holding something back, and that's probably for another podcast. The whole controversy with the engine, but I think Ferrari will be back, not at the front, not yet. But I think they'll be good enough to provide Leclerc an opportunity to be in the top five of the standings. Um, Liam, who do you think will be sixth in the driver standings? Uh, so sixth, I have got Lando, Lando Norris in the other McLaren. Um, I think that um, I think I think he'll do well. I don't think he will uh, sort of shine as much as he probably did last year I think early on last year he, he really sort of people felt he came of age a little bit and uh, I don't think he'll quite have that effect this season I think like Chris said uh, Danny Rick will probably show him the ropes a little bit um, mm. but uh, I, it's a difficult one because I'm so intrigued to see the dynamic between them and how McLaren are going to play it like they've wanted Danny Rick for so many years are they going to now make Danny Rick sort of like a number one or are they going to have their the driver that they promoted all the way through F3 and F2 into F1 are they going to have him because in when you think about it Lando is the one for the future Danny Rick's sort of the one for now mm. so it, you know it could be team orders that, that decide where these two finish in terms of high, who's higher but um, I, I think Danny Rick's just the faster driver to be honest so 
uh, Lando in sixth. Interesting. What about you, Chris? Well, sixth place is a is a fight for three people for me. Uh, it's in between Leclerc, uh, uh, Leclerc, Lando Norris, and Fernando Alonso. Mm. Um, <laughs> But as a big Renault Alpine fan, yeah. I'm going to say that Fernando Alonso is going to get six in the driver's standing. Always waiting for it. Um, he'll get a few. I, I, I really hope he'll get like one to two podiums. That will be happy me. Um, I'll be happy if he gets like some podiums. It will true, truly bring the nostalgia back. Um, but it seems that a, a lot of people have forgotten how quick he was. He beat... Uh, Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, mm. he beat him on like pace. So I think he could do something special in a competitive car. But equally, he's got a competitive car. equally, Sorry? equally, that was 15 years ago. Just yeah, to throw, just just to ago. be the, just to be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. You know, it's it's a it's a long time ago. So. It, so, do you do you think he he would be just as quick, or do you think he? Um, yeah, what, how do you think he'll be compared to before? Do you think he'll be that fast? Like, do you think he'll carry Alpine, no. or do you think he'll just be a good driver? Um, I don't think he'll carry Alpine on uh, on the tarmac on the track. I think he'll carry Alpine the most uh, off track. Um, mm. If Alonso is happy, and if he's in a happy environment, Alonso can be a serious threat for mm. less drivers. If you have a non-happy Alonso, like the uh, McLaren Alonso, you have a really toxic Alonso who really can't stand anything or anyone, and make a true mess of your of your team. Look at what he did at uh, McLaren mm. both times, I believe. Um, so it really depends on whether or not the car is competitive if the car is somewhat competitive i think we'll see a happy alonso that will carry alpine off track and do some good work on track uh, and hopefully get like it, it will probably be a lot of luck if he gets a podium but i mm. do hope he gets a podium interesting i i think like the thing with alonso coming back it is it is going to be very interesting um because it's i do believe um it'll either be he'll be like he was you know super quick and nice aggressive uh, matador of a kind of driver or it'll just be this kind of you should have retired mate <laughs> and yeah, it'll afraid. fizzle out um, <laughs> but we'll see we'll see and um, I'm going to go for Ricardo for 6th um, purely because I think yeah McLaren will be better um, and they'll be in a straight fight with Ferrari this season so I'm going to go with Ricardo 6th because I couldn't really put him any lower than that right 7th Liam who, who are you going for in 7th in uh, in seventh, I have got a rejuvenated and bald Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> um, I think I think the move to Aston Martin's a great move for him. Um, I think his time had sort of come at Ferrari. Um, that championship doesn't seem to be anywhere near where he wanted it to be. Obviously, um, he had his t his two real big opportunities in seventeen and eighteen, I believe it was. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the, the car wasn't competitive last year and he was struggling to make top tens. So 
um, I think the move was was needed and um, obviously he's, he's got the Mercedes engine in the back he's pretty much got a B-Tech Mercedes chassis and, and bodywork and everything so um, I think I think it's a good move and I think what what he will now not have is that Tifosi Italian pressure mm. which I think weighed him down after those two uh, missed opportunities so um, without the pressure without the, um, the sort of red suit um, pressure I think I think he'll thrive again not quite to his Red Bull days but mm. um, you know it's not similar interesting um, I've got a very very different opinion on that <laughs> which I will get to um, and I'll, I'll see what Chris says first um, Chris who do you think who do you think seventh in the standings uh, I'm gonna go with Orlando Norris um, he's got a really quick car this year well, if we look at the papers, he's got a really good car. Um, I think he'll not. He'll, he'll he'll be really decent this season. Mm, just just that, yeah. Nothing really special to add to it. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I think that's uh, very well said. Um, I'm probably gonna go for. Um, see, this is a tough one. It's like that perfect point of like a second driver's not really going to get in this position unless the car is really good um, but it's also who do you put behind Ricardo and Leclerc I am probably going to go for um, I am going to go for Sainz I think Sainz will be very good in the Ferrari and continue his McLaren form in my opinion because I think the Ferrari will be better um, we'll do the final three of the top 10 and then we'll rattle through the bottom 10 uh, from uh, your, yourself Chris and Liam uh, so then we can get on to all the other stuff because I feel like we're already taking we're, 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 it's good that we're going in depth um, with these drivers but um, <laughs> it's gonna take a while to get through everything um, but what about eighth in the um, in the drivers standings for yourself Chris who do you think will be there uh, as for number eight I think Leclerc will be there mm. um, the cars the car will be um, more competitive but the other teams will be more competitive as well this season just the plain eight Nothing really special. Nothing, really. Nothing special. Um, Liam, please tell me you've got Leclerc at least eighth, or I'm going to be got, sad. I have got in eighth place Charles Leclerc. Oh, thank <laughs> God for that! Jeez, <laughs> bloody uh, hell! I, I agree with Chris. I think I don't think it's going to be out special from Charles. I think he's going to probably drag that Ferrari again to the odd podium here and there, uh, giving a bit of luck. Um, but other than that, I think it's just going to be sort of 7th, uh, 8th place finishes for him. I can't see the Ferrari being a, as big an improvement as they're sort of making out. I don't really know. They're not, they're not really making out that it's a big improvement. They're just an, mm. an improvement. Um, I think for Ferrari, they've got to focus on 22, haven't they, and get back to front of the field. Yeah, that that's a very good point. I think like a lot of teams and drivers. I mean, some teams might try it. They might try it. Twenty twenty one. Wow, we think everyone else is going to be sleeping in this season. Let's go for it. See if we can do incredibly well. So, 
Um, you're right because it's like there will be big teams you would imagine because the thing is this as well guys is we have this engine thing uh, for this season the engine regulations that your engine from this season onwards I believe is going to be the same because this engine freeze that Red Bull wanted which was approved everyone will have their same engine that they've got from next season I believe for the next five years I mean it's just it's a huge season um, to to get developing for next season. Yep. Yep. That's true. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Alonso in eighth. I've kind of got on the bit of bit of a hype train there with Chris saying what he did. Um, <laughs> and it's dependent on the Alpine. It's so dependent on that Alpine because even Fernando Alonso in his prime which would I would say personally 2012 Ferrari I think even if the Alp if the Alpine's like 8th quickest on the grid it's going to be a long old season and it's going to be an unhappy season and you're dead right Chris in what you say it's all about emotions when it comes to Alonso um, final two of the top 10 uh, Liam who is going to be ninth for yourself uh, ninth for me is going to be just double check I've got it right Carlito <laughs> Mr. Sainz um, no. I think he will obviously he's gone into Ferrari to play second fiddle to Charles Ferrari have openly come and said that and I think last season they said that uh, Charles is the one that they want to win the world championship with um, I'm sure they said that actually mm -hmm. but um, yeah, if, yeah. They did, if, if they didn't please make sure that, that doesn't make it in <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah I, I, I just think he's uh it's going to take a bit of time getting used to that Ferrari drive. I think obviously everyone goes in to Ferrari and they feel that pressure instantly. So we've also seen that his first season at new teams are a bit slow. I think only McLaren was McLaren was a bit slow for the first sort of ten races and then he sort of kicked on. So mm. uh, yeah, Carlos and that. And yourself, Chris? I've got that all. Mm -hmm. Um. Liam said the thing about Brett Defossi, angry Defossi. Um, I think that the Defossi, as well as the deadly Italian media, um, will um, yeah, will actually show some good improvements on Vettel. Uh, I think that what 2018 and 2019 has shown most is that Vettel can be. Um, psychologically uh, bullied let's say mm. that way um, he's, he's easily emotional as well he can be emotionally emotionally bullied by well maybe the media or maybe the other drivers uh, the, <laughs> the killing media in that time hasn't helped him a single bit and he's gone to a new environment new team fresh team Mercedes engine shit teammates it's all happy days for him now <laughs> yeah i mean you're not wrong there about stroll i mean i've got nothing against paid drivers uh, to a degree but you're probably right there stroll is a bit shit compared to vettel <laughs> who has won four world championships but the question is is he past his prime um anyways i'm going off topic there <laughs> that's for another podcast again uh but for myself and ninth um I am gonna go with Landon Norris because I mean if I was so tempted to go for Gasly because I think 
everyone sleeps on him because he's in an Alpha Tauri but that McLaren with the Mercedes engine I think yes Norris must be in the at least well in the top well he's not well in it because he's ninth but in the top 10 to a degree uh, with that car but I think it's close between a lot of drivers in that top 10 so it's not being harsh on Lando he's not he's definitely a good driver but I think it's going to be an almighty fight um, Chris who do you think will be 10th in the driver standings well um, for, uh, first off I want to say that the top 10 is really difficult this season we've got a very competitive mm. grid with a lot of competitive cars I think um, so it's very difficult to, um, to, to tell my top 10 um, I think Sainz will be 10th uh, as I do think that Ferrari will be better this season and I can't really see a better driver than um, a, a better driver than Sainz in a competitive car who can make the top 10. Um, Ocon is, well he's, he's quite okay Ocon but he's got off days as well. Uh, I think Sainz will have a difficult start of the season as Liam said but once he's warmed up I think he'll be a really strong force uh, in the midfield interesting um, I, I, I guess like we all kind of feel the same uh, with Sainz uh, we don't think he'll beat Leclerc but we still think he'll be there or thereabouts who do you think will be uh, ninth, Liam 10th 10th sorry I'll edit that <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> In 10th, I've got uh, Pierre Gasly. Um, mm -hmm. As you've said a, a, a minute ago, a lot of people don't sort of acknowledge him, but I think what he did last season showed that, you know, like from being pretty much rock bottom, well, even going back to 2019, getting booted out of that Red Bull, um, not really having a good time in the Toro Rosso as it was back then until that podium, and that podium kicked on into 2020. He had an absolute blinder, won that race, and I think he's I think he's going to outperform that Alpha Tauri. I, 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 I don't see the Alpha Tauri being that much of an improvement. They'll be looking at 2022, as most teams will be, but they'll be looking at it with Red Bull to try and be probably third or fourth in the constructors. I think 2022 is going to be a big year for Alpha Tauri, but uh, this year um, Pierre's going to outperform that car interesting um well we've got now onto the bottom half of the settings which we will rattle through um i'll just recap with the top 10 well i won't do that because that'll take forever um but yeah we'll we'll, we'll say the the bottom half now if you like and um chris who who's in your bottom half of the standings in order just want to list me uh, just list from go on yeah if any particular right. driver you want to say a particular thing you can stop and say. Now I'll I'll, uh, I'll go with Gasly 11 driver, um, not as good as material as you'd like. Uh, then I'll go with uh, Lance Stroll, Esteban Ocon, uh, Yuki Tsunoda, Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, then I'll say Mick Schumacher. Then I'll say George Russell, followed by Mazepin and Nicholas Latifi. Interesting. Uh, and what about yourself, Liam? Uh, so in 11th I've got uh, Daddy's Cash also known as Lance Stroll <laughs> uh, uh, 12th I've got Alonso I 
I'm sorry, Chris, but I don't believe the hype. I think he's way past it, and the Alpine is going to be. Oh gone. my! Brutal. <laughs> um, I have got Ocon in 13th. Um, I've got Yuki Tsunoda in 14th. Giovinazzi in 15th. Raikkonen 16th. George Russell 17th. I think he's going to get points in that Williams this year. Um, Schumacher in 18th. Um, Wanka in 19th. And. <laughs> Um, Mazapin in 19. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting to say the least. Um, <laughs> mine is uh, Vettel in P11 because I think he is done and dusted because I don't think the Aston Martin will be that bad, but I think the driver lineup is well, one's passed it and one is daddy's cash. Um, in 12th, Sonoda, I think he's much better than people think. Ocon then behind him, then Stroll because he's just Stroll, and then I think Russell will get ahead of both Haas and the Alpha Romeos because uh, I think the Williams will be in the mix with them. Uh, I've then got Kimi behind him. I'm actually questioning this now because I think Kimi is definitely not interested anymore. He's just there because he is there, um, in my opinion. And then um, I've got Mick Schumacher behind him. How good it is to say that name again. And then uh, Giovinazzi, Nikita Mazepin, and then uh, Latifi, who everyone seems to think is just not good enough for F1 in last. Um, but yeah, that is our driver's predictions. Um, took a while, that. Uh, there is a good old 20 drivers, so it does take plenty of time. Um, next up we have the constructors top 10 i guess we can say this fairly quickly uh, because uh, we've set our drivers now um so liam do you want to fire away with your constructors top 10 yeah so I'll, I'll rattle through it as quickly as i can i think mercedes right. again <clears throat> um are going to win the constructors i think they are they had such a big gap so they will maintain that at least for the first sort of half of the season I then think Red Bull in second probably going to be near or near enough to Mercedes at the start but not quite close enough and then they will be on par in the second half McLaren with that Merck donkey in the back are going to be third and Aston Martin I believe are going to be fourth then I have got Ferrari who I don't think have got as much of an improvement as they say uh, Alpine in sixth um, I am sort of questioning that because I really don't like that Alpine. Um, <laughs> Alpha Tauri in seventh, again planning for 2022 instead of this year. Alpha Romeo in eighth. Williams in ninth. And then Haas in tenth. I think Haas are looking doomed in terms of being a team. <laughs> They're just doomed as a team. I can agree on that. Yeah. What about you, Chris, with your top 10 teams well I'm gonna say the silver arrows number one again it's not a big surprise oh, no. uh, Red Bull second uh, third the, Mer Mer the Mer uh, McLaren Mercedes uh, fourth I'll say Aston Martin as well fifth I'll say Alpine sixth I'll say Ferrari um, seventh I'll say Alfa Tauri eighth uh, Sauber or Alfa Romeo a ninth Williams and tenth Haas if they even finish the season. 
That is so goddamn similar, you two. That is so similar. Um, I think the only difference is Alpine and Ferrari are the other way around. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, this is the exciting thing with F1. We'll all say this, and then we'll be totally wrong, come Bahrain. We'll be totally wrong. You'll see that Alpine gets a one-two. Oh, yeah. Um, Well... In your dreams, I got. I just realised what you said, and then I agreed to it. Um, <laughs> Alonso winning. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Red Bull as constructors champions. And hang on, let me like explain this because I think the Perez edition will either be exposing how Albon wasn't ready or good enough for that seat, or it they won't you know they just they just they'll finish second as we all expect um because that second car is a bit cursed but i mean call it wishful thinking i think red bull will win the constructor title mercedes in second no shocks there i'm gonna go for ferrari in third because uh, i think the engine will help them out mclaren in fourth um not because they're bad just i think the top four will be close um because with those teams i'm sorry chris but i actually think alpha tauri are going to be ahead of alpine um because i think they've just got a better lineup um and then yes alpine behind alpha tauri and then it's got to be Alfa Romeo probably this is this is the tricky part when you just have like you have to just fill the rest they're all just bad teams we've definitely got this like divisions now within F1 where it's the top teams and then the kind of mediocre ones at the back and um, and yeah just Williams and Haas really at the back um, it's not too exciting at the back of the grid this season it seems um, but yes, that is my top ten. That is ten, isn't it? One, two, three. I I think yeah. actually that um, Haas might just have tied at the end of the season if they even finish the season. You don't they think they'll make the end of the season? No, you know what? You know the thing is, they are in huge financial troubles mm. due to some bearded man who's selling energy drinks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> He's just some bearded and they've guy. got like this Russian weird daddy's money groping girls kid employed now. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's the best description I've ever heard of Mazelton, by the way. It's, 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 it's a team that's shown over the past couple of years that they're absolutely, well, in absolute need for money. They can't mm. say no to money. And it's, I think that's the American way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... I mean it's, it's all gone wayward. 2016 was decent, with Romain Grosjean finishing, what was it, 6th in Australia. Mm. Uh, Kevin Magnussen doing quite decent, and now they've fired Kevin Magnussen for that weird Russian kid. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, um, drivers, I, I think, like, obviously Masbin is an absolute prick, but... As a driver, he's. I don't think. I think you know he's not like worse than Latifi in my opinion. I think he's, 
he's still in the mix. I think that F2 grid was not too bad um, last he season. Driver, he is a dirty driver, but obviously, in terms of pace, that's what will get you points. Um, you know, look, looking beyond how much of an arsehole he is. Um, I, think, I think, yeah. You can sort of compare Magnussen and uh, Mazepin in terms of their driving. Like, yeah. They both sort of give it their all and, yeah. like, does it. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think I've heard uh, Magnussen say uh, he's not afraid to die to, to mm. you know, get points and stuff like that. And I think Mazepin's the same. But um, I also think that, that Haas are really struggling for money. Like, they, they've got Mazepin and his dad's money, and he's got a lot of frigging money. And I also think that the only reason Schumacher is, is in... I'm not going to say the only reason Schumacher is in, because he's actually proven to be a brilliant driver but they've put him in the Haas instead of the Alfa Romeo because Haas need the publicity and the money that comes with that mm. yep. if Haas were in financial trouble Mick would be in the Alfa Romeo oh, yeah. yeah I mean like do we think Mick I mean let's be real here throughout Mick Schumacher's career like people will hype him up and think he's going to be the next bloody Michael Schumacher um straight from the get-go but from history he does better in his second season do we think this will happen in f1 do we think he'll be yeah. okay this season but then really come strong i mean the thing is though it's like if, if has go where you know i mean i guess alfa romeo is probably his only way but yeah, i don't I want has then... to go but it, it does look a bit terrible at the minute i, I think if has go then Ferrari have no other option but to boot Giovinazzi because I don't think he's proven at any point in his career that he's good enough for a Ferrari drive and that's what Alfa Romeo are there for at this current moment in time is a, a, a B team for Ferrari they put Mick in instead of Kimi and they put, they've got to put Callum Eilat in that Alfa Romeo next year I can't mm. see any other lineup than that if Hasco absolutely um well we'll move on um it's funny how like we got talking about Haas in like real depth <laughs> and they're probably gonna finish last but um it is an interesting team that is for sure for this season and it'll be a shame seeing them go in general because uh, we don't want to lose teams on the grid um i had in my schedule notes here best of the rest and i'll just get out of the way we've said that so we might as well talk about it a little bit now and i had that as the top uh, the the team that finished fourth in the constructor standings, um, Liam and Chris, you've both gone for Aston Martin, and I've gone for McLaren. Why, Chris, have you gone for Aston Martin? Um, because uh, Aston Martin has well, last season they were like a B uh, B side um, Mercedes, and mm. I think that uh, that. The last season's gone well, and I think that's been an emotional change or a psychological change in the team, in which they uh, are going to usually work, work, work smarter, not harder. Mm. Um, they now know that they can buy specific stuff, and they might just try and do the 2019 Mercedes this year. Uh, 2020, I'm sorry, 2020 Mercedes. Um, if not, I do think that there's enough brains in that um, in that team at Racing Point uh, last year um, that will get a good car, and it's got the support of Aston Martin now. Mm. So yeah, 
I think like the question I'll put to you Liam uh, kind of along those lines is like Chris says there about it's a good team behind the scenes which it is but what we have to what, what do you think about like when I say this about you know this season it was a bit of a copy of the Mercedes car do you think like they can do that again next season or have they got to think outside the box with someone like Vettel being there you know do, do you think he settles for that or because I don't know whether that will hamper them or improve their position what do you think about that um, well I don't think they're actually allowed to copy the Mercedes but you um, get where I'm coming from you get the, yeah, this season it was similar <laughs> it, yeah, it, it looks similar 100% it was the 2019 Mercedes in 2020, that racing mm. point. And I'm not taking that away, but I, I, and like the rules have changed now, so they can't literally oh, yes, you yeah. know, copy the, the car. Um, and I think they were only found to have copied the brake ducts on it, on the, the, front, uh, the front wheels. Mm. Um, but but um, I think the thing with Vettel going, Vettel has always said, if that Mercedes seat was available, he would jump at the chance to race in that Mercedes. They're not going to change that to make it not look like or be as close to a Mercedes as possible. For just for him, he will yeah. want that to be as close to a Mercedes as possible. And, that, and like Chris said, that Aston Martin branding back in takeover, whatever you want to call it, there's going to be so much money pumped into that team now. Lawrence Stroll he's got so much money as well so there's just yeah. going to be money being thrown at this, this team now I wouldn't be surprised in 2022 if this team are fighting with Red Bull really? wow yeah, yeah I really think this team are going places there's plenty of bold predictions I have to say guys in this podcast so far um, and I've got that last on the schedule but I, I might as well just had that go throughout but um, I'll move on swiftly uh, to the one of the last prediction stuff and um, we'll get this one quite quickly because it's essentially just a, a simple uh, name and describe um, driver of the year Liam who's that going to be in 2021 uh, I've got Max mm -hmm. um, and I've picked Max because I think he will push Lewis all the way I think the championship will go down to the wire I think Max will win multiple races this year and by multiple I mean like maybe six seven really um, wow. and I think um, he'll really take the fight to Mercedes and give us a good show wow I was expecting something else I don't know why um, <laughs> but when I heard you say Hamilton winning the championship I didn't expect you to say Max but fair enough that is a very good point uh, Chris who's your gonna who, who will be your driver of the year and is this going to be predictable or not yeah it's it's fairly fairly straightforward. I'm gonna say Max as well. Oh really? Um, I thought you were gonna say Alonso. Nah, yeah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, well, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, I, um, I think Max will really bring the entertainment to the sport once again this year. Um, Bottas won't be able to do a thing against Hamilton. He's simply afraid of Hamilton. Yeah. He's afraid of any consequences. He's not uh, Nico Rosberg a la 2016. Um, but Max, Max doesn't give a flying duck about anyone mm. he just goes for gaps that are half there aren't half there he'll bring the entertainment to the sport once again he'll be the reason people non-f1 fans put the tally on yes i 
I agree. I um, I'm being boring here. We've all gone for the same thing, but I agree. I think I'm not a Max Verstappen fan as such, but I think he is definitely he's got the tools and the ability to uh, be the driver of the year. Um, who will be the biggest improvement, uh, Chris, for this 2021 season from 2020? Um, I'm gonna say Sebastian Vettel. Uh, I was been a fan of the guy, and he—you could just see him uh, last season. He just didn't want to be there at Ferrari. He was—he was wrecked. The devotion, the the bad team, the 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 very toxic team, the very toxic media, the very toxic devotion uh, absolutely ruined him. Um, he'll be in a very happy place, I reckon, this season. And, well, a happy Vettel is a very strong, very quick Vettel, as we've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, I do think he'll be a really good all-round driver once again this year. Yeah, that, that's that's a good shout. Um, Liam, who's going to be your biggest improvement? Um, I will make this as short and sweet as possible. <laughs> Seb Vettel. And yeah. for pretty much the exact same reasons that Chris said, I think he... He's happy to be out the Ferrari. He is not feeling any of the uh, Italian media slash Tifosi pressure, and uh, happy battle is a quick battle. Yep, um, pretty similar. But I, I am going to go different on this one. I mean, I was going to say Alonso, but that is kind of cheating because he's gone from retirement to whatever <laughs> this season. But um, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. Perez because I've put him third um, because I don't think there'll be masses of improvements this season because I think the grid is intact of abilities and I don't think that'll improve so I can't really say him um, but I'm going to go Perez not a massive improvement but I think he will move up the standings because of that Red Bull um, next up guys um we have the biggest disappointment of this season, this upcoming season. Uh, Liam, who, who's going to be the disappointment this season? This could be controversial. Um, this is going to be controversial, and Chris is going to reach through this PlayStation. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it already. My, my biggest disappointment is going to be Fernando Alonso. Right, Chris, before you say anything, <laughs> hear me out. I, 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 he's past it, man. He's, he's way past it, and like... Everyone's got this hype saying this two-time world champion's coming back. He's not been a champion for 15 years. He's had his chances. He blew them. He couldn't do it in a Ferrari, which was, like, the second or third fastest car on the grid. Uh, uh, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it with the Alpine slash whatever they decide to... Um, I just don't <laughs> think he's going to be he's going to be anywhere near what people are expecting him to be. No, wow. yeah, I I can see that. I mean, he is well. Let's say that his prime has been long gone. However, I think that uh, it will well it will be a very nostalgic uh, sight for a lot of fans. Um, and it's so some good publicity for Renault and Alpine as well. Um, and I think that he might just maybe pull something out of the hat but mm -hmm. I can see what you're meaning like yeah he's 
his last championship was 15 years ago. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. Who who do you think will be the disappointment, Chris? Oh, oh, that's not too difficult. That's gonna be Bottas. <laughs> He's once again gonna have the best equipment and will be um, someone who somehow doesn't fully use his equipment to full potential. But is that um, a disappointment coming third in the driver standings? Because surely yes. a Mercedes driver yeah. should at least come second. If True. If he has the quickest car, of course. Of course, if the Mercedes driver is the quickest car. You should become second, but I don't think that the standings will say that he will be a big disappointment. I think he'll have some no-shows again, where mm. he's um, he he might just qualify like fourth, third or fourth somewhere, and he'll just drop back behind the McLarens and maybe even an Aston Martin. He'll have some races where he'll 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 show his brilliance in some races. But in other races, he'll be showing absolutely nothing, and we'll go home with an absolute no-show. Interesting. Um, not a Bottas fan, then. Oh, I, to I agree. I'm just taking the mic. Literally, Bottas can only race around four tracks on the F1 calendar. Mm. They're all 90-degree corner tracks. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm going to... I'm gonna go again. I'm I'm being a bit cheeky when I say this because it's actually not a driver. Um, I'm gonna say Aston Martin. I think they're going to be the biggest disappointment from 2021 to 2020. Obviously, it was Racing Point, but it's obviously the same team to a degree. Because um, I think there's a big load of hype about Aston Martin, especially when I see you both have them fourth in the standings. You two, um, I think they will be dropping off because they won't be able to pinch let's say a lot of the mercedes car not pinching obviously but you know what i mean like this season that car was very similar to the mercedes and i think that benefited them massively compared to 2019 and i feel that the aston martin will be a bit bang average and i think now i'm jumping the gun here because the last predictions will be uh bold predictions or hot takes whatever you want to call it but I think that they've got rid of their best driver in Checo Perez um, for this season, so I think it will come back and bite them. But um, we'll get straight on to the the last one, um, the the bold predictions, and um, I'll just get mine out of the way whilst I'm talking. I think Ferrari will be um, a top three team again. What do you, what do you guys think of that? That's bold. Yeah, that is bold. I mean, they'll it could happen. Some, some, they'll need some new cheating way to get third. But is it? Well, I won't. I will not respond to that. I will not respond because that will just—it will add another twenty minutes onto this podcast. Um, but you know the um, thing is, you can only make like minimal changes this season, can you? Mm. And the car was an absolute boat uh, to drive. <laughs> It couldn't corner to save its life, and the engine, the engine was literally like the Mercedes Honda from 2015. But they've got a brand new engine now. They've got a brand new engine. Um, the Fred Vasseur from... Yeah, but Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo, he said already it's very powerful, massive improvement. I've got my hopes up. 
Yeah, but it's still going to be the fourth best engine on the grid, isn't it? I don't know. I, I mean, I, Ferrari maybe I'm blind on this, but... As well? Say again, sorry, I didn't quite catch it. If Ferrari develop, other teams will, get, um, will develop as well. And they've got a big mountain to climb from last season. Which yeah. was a season they will absolutely need to forget as soon as possible. Mm. You've got to think um, about it as well. The, the engine freeze happening at the end of this season, every single team will, will be using their tokens on their engines to make it as good as it can be for the next five years. Ferrari are about two or three years behind everybody last year Yeah. in terms of power. So they, could, they, they have to do like four or five years worth of development in a year. You guys are putting doubt in my mind, but I'm staying strong with it. I think it will happen. Um, it's a bold prediction, that's what it's there <laughs> yeah. for. Um, Liam, who do you think? What's your bold prediction, sorry? <laughs> right, hear me out. Oh, God. <laughs> my bold prediction is Danny Ricciardo and McLaren win a race this year. Yeah, I would say that's that bold. I, it's a bold prediction, but it's on the, on the scale. <laughs> I wouldn't right, put it like cranked right to the top but I, it's yeah I'm go gonna make it I'm gonna make it more bold oh god it's not gonna be a wet race it will be a bone dry race and they will win it on, on pace yeah okay that is bold um because I don't I don't yeah I I, I but I also I would, yeah. say that Mercedes or Red Bull wouldn't have retirements in that race so True. they will need a bit of luck but I still think it'll happen on a dry race. True, it could happen if we have another season like um, last season. But I don't know. I think it's asking a lot because in normal times, in like 2018, 17, and all the years before that, that it takes something. It, it we never even saw it. I don't even think we had one race where the top three didn't. Wasn't it something like since 2012, before last season, it was only Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari, and Red Bull that had won a race since like Lotus or someone like that. So yeah, since Lotus, won't it? yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's bold. <laughs> I'll say that, Liam. But it could happen for sure. It's probably more. It's more. It's probably more realistic than the Ferrari thing, thinking about that now. You guys have really put doubt in my mind, but I hope you're both wrong. Um, totally I'll just... Yes, yes. What statement for this year is that uh, we're not going to Saudi Arabia due to safety reasons. Mm. Um, the Formula E race was there the other weekend and the site had been... Uh, well, there were rockets fired at the site due yeah. to uh, by rebellions. And they managed to use some anti-rocket stuff. I don't know what it. <laughs> yeah. It, they just bombed the other rocket. It's just wild. Um, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be there in the first place. Like there, that's a place where they still don't know a thing about human rights. Um, they they don't know anything about about human rights. They just don't care. They just don't care about human rights. And last year, you've got this whole re race as one thing, which is very good, by the way. I really support that. I support mm. the re, -re, re Yeah, yeah. One, we all. Not I do not support the thing like, oh, we are so good, we race as one, and go to China, where there's a genocide going on. We go to uh, the Saudi Arabia, where, well, what's not fucked in that country? And we go to Bahrain, <laughs> where um, journalists are being 
held captive for speaking against the government. Mm. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's, money rules it all. It's, def it's definitely one of those controversial tracks. I think when everyone saw that picked, and I mean, like, if you forget like the country that it's in and just talk about the track, I don't actually think the track is that great. Liam, you were saying off air that it's it's got something like thirty corners. It's like it's Monaco on drugs. It's it's like it's it, yeah, it's like Monaco's popped a tin of spinach and gone Popeye <laughs> on the plate. You know, I mean, like, and like Chris says, it's all about the money. We've got like, and this is something that's really irritated me about the <laughs> calendar this year. Right, we have Turkey, we have the Nurburgring. We had how many tracks did we go to last year at last minute? And well, they we had brilliant racing. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. Portimao, um, Emma's on the calendar now. Um, Magello like as well. Everybody loved Turkey when mm. it first came onto the calendar. What back in two thousand and five? And they, I don't even know what I, I think it was money it was too far away. And they couldn't get money. crowds. Got to be like, money, isn't it? Yeah, but, but pump the advertisement for it. They never mm. tried. And and it's such a good track. All the drivers love it. It was arguably the best race of last season. Mm. Oh yeah. True. Um, Just don't get me started on it. <laughs> I think, unfortunately, I. Uh, I think the thing with say a track like Saudi Arabia and a lot of these other ones, money is the one, and it's because these oh, people at the track, the track people, they provide, or the country, the government, whatever it is, they provide such massive amounts of money. That's why your races like at Brazil, I think it was, and uh, there was a couple of other tracks. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head which one it was. Um, yeah, Monza it, well. the yeah Monza, that's the one. The, the money is not that great, but because they're classics, you know the fans would be an uproar if Monza wasn't on the calendar and things like that. Um, and and well, this there is was, there was uproar when they were on about moving uh, the British Grand Prix from Silverstone, but mm. the, the Silver but Silverstone and the British Grand Prix is not um, government funded. It's no, it's all through the B BRDC, so. Mm. that's the thing and yeah unfortunately with that one it's um it's a controversial one uh, to say the least uh, in terms of the country we're going to but um well that is that for predictions um we're on to a bit of news now and um it's funny you saying about like tracks there i would just say this chris is um for those news of the podcast chris is unless you could tell by the the accent he is a dutchman and um we are we are returning finally this season to zandervoort and it's in between spa and monza at uh, the the middle part if you like almost of the season and um what's your thoughts ahead of that yeah i guess that is news um because it we didn't go there last season so as a dutchman yourself how how, how do you think i'm well excited i've uh, got everything sorted for the weekend <laughs> um it's fun to have a race back in the netherlands uh it's good uh money wise it's also good because well everything was being sold out uh in a day every ticket was sold out in a day mm. except for the friday tickets but the saturday tickets as well um it's well the track itself it's the track itself is a bit controversial it's a good track to drive around in 
like qualifying, but the races might not be as fun as one would mm. hope. Although um, there are more boring tracks on the calendar. True, this yeah. Year. Um, so, now I think that the ambience will be amazing. Uh, you'll see a lot of orange, I reckon. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, especially if uh, Verstappen's got a, a semi-competitive car this year. I was just thinking that it's almost like the perfect track for that Red Bull because um, it's very twisty and it, and you just don't know. It, I think it's quite bumpy as well. I mean, you you probably will know yeah. more than me. Um, yeah. But I think the Mercedes, they struggle quite a bit on those type of tracks for whatever reason. I'm thinking like Singapore, they've normally struggled a little bit just because of the, it being like this, the type of street circuit with the bumps of that circuit, um, I, to my knowledge. I mean, I might not be right on that, but I'm just going off the top of my head um, as this is a podcast. So it, it's not all fully polished, but um, someone can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong on that one. Um, Liam, we've got Imola on the calendar as the second round of the season um, we've also still got a gap I believe it says here on the F1 website we've still got a gap for round 3 are we thinking that's going to be Portimao on that third round of the season uh, I, I think it's pretty much just signing a contract now mm. for Portimao to have that which uh, I'm excited about because I I, well, I haven't really watched any sort of Grand Prix in Portugal apart from last last season. Mm. So it's exciting to go to a new country, quote unquote new. Yeah. Um, but I think I still think the track is amazing elevation-wise, but terrible for racing on. Mm. I mean, why we aren't running that MotoGP turn one, two, and three is yes. beyond me. I think it wasn't I think I I agree with what you're saying. I think it was slightly made more entertaining last season because we had a bit of mixed conditions at the start. Um and I think only entertainment any entertainment in that turn one was because of collisions more than anything because it's so hard to get past. Um I'm thinking Norris and and um Daddy's Cash. Um but yeah, there's yeah, I agree with you, Liam, there, about they probably do need to change the layout. Speaking of layout changes, that is a perfect um, connection there. Australia. Segway. No, 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 no. We're talking Australia now, mate. We're, we're forgetting Port Portugal. Australia is almost like a new, a new track. What do you think about that? I don't like it. Yeah? No. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I, I'm quite I'm optimistic. You know I'm not a fan of this layout change. After when you said you were going to bring it up, I was really not happy when we had to yeah. speak about it. I, I, I don't understand what they're thinking. Let's 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 cut that bit off and just go into another chicane. Genius is F1. Brilliant. Nice one. Yeah, I guess it. You, I mean, there wasn't many overtakes of that corner before, but and it no, speeds like, it up a little bit, but. But there's, there's, a, there's no, unless they're going to put a DRS zone in, it's going to be have to be super powerful so that you can get round before the chicane. Mm. The chicanes, they don't even break for the chicane anymore at 11 no. and 12. No. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Chris? I well, I mean, um, 
if there's one thing that the recent F1 has shown us is that these kind of like full throttle corners they just don't add anything to a race mm. I mean with with like um, a dirty area you're not going to be able to trial through such a corner as much as you'd like and seeing as you've got that chicane that's gone um, you don't have a breaking point there to overtake mm. so it will just be one full throttle straight almost straight followed by that other chicane I believe right that, that other like, yeah, yeah the, throttle the left right yeah yeah well you can't overtake there and you you, you definitely can't trail there mm. um, and yeah it's just sad to see that they make this change um, and everyone can see that the change won't encourage overtaking yeah no. I hope like we're all wrong don't get me wrong like <laughs> I think I hope like we're surprised but yeah in terms of like judging off other tracks um, these fashion it almost need it's like Abu Dhabi the corners there there's way too much um, twisty turny corners and um, you can never really get in the slipstream of the car in front and I think where they've done that on Australia it, yeah it's just it's just gonna make the lap shorter and faster um, but uh, another little track change I'll just say this for those who don't know actually there's not much point talking about it because it probably won't make much difference but at Barcelona they've changed turn oh, now which turn, turn is 10. that turn 10 yes um, the they, they've it's it wasn't a hairpin before um, but it was a very slow yeah you had to jack the brakes on for it um, because it was a decent enough straight and then uh, you have to brake hard into this left-hander but it's now been it's been opened up a little bit if I'm right in saying guys in, in terms of it's more like yeah. swinging um, you kind of like it's it's a bit of a long I think the straight's been extended a little bit and then the and then the corners now just curved almost instead of like a hard braking zone yeah it's the MotoGP layout so they've extended it 50 meters and it's now sort of like turn three it's been mm. it's sort of like that fast but again they've, I can't are they trying to not make cars overtake <laughs> is this what F1 is trying to do now <laughs> Yeah. Because that is not an overtaking. That they've taken an overtaking zone out. True. I mean, I guess they're trying. Like it's because these tracks are a bit. Um, Australia, dull. yeah, Australia and Spain, they do lack. But I guess they're not really doing it in the right way. I mean, they obviously clearly don't want to spend much on it. And they want to just fiddle about with particular corners, but I don't think it'll make too much difference, unfortunately. If there's one corner they should change on that track. It's taking that friggin' chicane out at the last corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go back to the old school. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that, that chicane is irritating as hell. But... Um, uh, the last uh, of a bit of news, apart from the the car launches, which we'll round it round the podcast off with, is sprint races. Um, what's our thoughts on this? I I've seen a lot of backlash about this. I'm not 
too fussed with trying it seeing how it goes because of the format they're doing it it's not too kind of gimmicky and you still have your proper race on the sunday in my opinion it's not too bad to try it on certain tracks for entertainment purposes um as it permanently i'm not keen on that idea i do like the format currently but what do you guys think about it uh chris first let's say um i don't i don't think it will do any harm to at least try it um we've had worse things happening to uh F1 in recent years. Uh, mm. Twenty sixteen. Oh God! The bloody oh knockout God. qualifying. Yeah. That was I the mean, worst qualifying I've ever seen in my life. That and yeah. Australian Bahrain was horrific. It was woeful, and if it's half as bad as that, they should scrap the sprint races. Yeah. Just give it a shot in a couple of races. Let's see how it goes. But don't. Don't make a standard out of it. I think it will. For the for the teams who have less money, it will even cost more money because mm. you can have a crash in such a sprint race easy, more easily than you have in a qualifying. Yeah, and you'll be you'll be uh, you'll 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 be set back a couple of thousands of euros, mm. which well, seems like harsh can use. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your thoughts on the sprint races, Liam? Um, I agree with Chris. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> give it a try. Mm. I don't think it'll make any difference. To be honest, I don't really understand how they're doing it either. Are they doing a qualifying for the sprint race on Friday? Well, currently, the sprint race sets the grid for Sunday. Yeah, currently they're saying. Uh, that the sprint race is essentially the qualifying for the Sunday but yeah you're right there's a qualifying then on Friday for the sprint race on Saturday there's no so points for the sprint race as well which I think is wrong so here's my my issue with, with the whole whole thing really you're having a qualifying on Friday where Mercedes are going to be 1-2 anyway mm. so you're going to have the fast teams at the front again and then the sprint race they're just going to bomb away for what is it 20 laps or something they're doing yeah i don't agree with it I, this, I think what f1 should do if they're that bothered about qualifying just make it an 18 minute session yeah this is the thing and they're almost trying to fiddle up i think they fiddle about with qualifying a little bit too much in the last 20 years and um, when it's not really the issue you know most people tune in for the race anyway and you know probably sometimes the racing needs to be improved you know with the particular cars and obviously they're going to do that when they bring in the new regs which we'll do another podcast on uh, someday um but I'll, I'll i'll move it on though guys to the car launches we'll finish off with that for our first ever f1 republic podcast what did we make of them starting off with mclaren i personally thought it was a bloody cringe first uh, when it i watched it <laughs> I couldn't even see the car. I just stopped watching. <laughs> you just gave like, up. <laughs> this is oh, we're such a funny combo. McLaren's so funny. Oh, we're gonna make a, f we're gonna make a music. We're gonna make music. And then just the car came and it was an absolute disappointment. I was I fucking raging about that. I was all the fray through, the whole cringe fest for that. I know. I know. What did you think of it, Liam? 
I don't need to speak because you two have spoke for me. <laughs> I was I was expecting you there to be like, oh yeah, I loved it. What are you on about? It was amazing. But no, no. I, no. Me and you, me and you were talking at the time, and we were both <laughs> saying the exact same thing. Like this is cringy as hell. Just reveal the car. I know. The car is the same as last year. I know. <laughs> it was such a waste of time. I literally watched all of it. I was like craving for some actual decent F1 content, and I was like, game's gone soft. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, I mean, imagine like if they actually brought it out as like, um, you know, black and chrome or something like that that they had with the Mercedes. I, I had like hopes like that, and then it was like the same car. It was just like, what was the point? Um, did but McLaren once have the Spice Girls as well. They did, yeah, back in those actual days of the black and chrome. They um, actually do a or something. Or little mix. <laughs> yeah. Just popping up. Putting a m absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, this is very phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just an amazing performance, let's say it like that. An amazing performance on it, and then just a good car being revealed instead I of know. some dudes walking in on a big teams meeting with people behind it. Uh, Cringing all the way through, but you're not, not allowed to show their feelings, uh, and then just the same card as last year being revealed. I do find though with McLaren, and I hope it isn't like this this season, and I think it won't be because they'll be in the natural kind of you know environment. But I felt like when I was watching that, it was almost like, oh yeah, you know, Ricardo and Norris are best buddies, and they're so funny together. When they've like probably spoken to each other for minutes as McLaren teammates, it's like they thought straight away, oh, these two are the funniest people ever to be an F1 and they're teammates. And it's like, it just didn't work. It was so forced. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I think it, it was a disappointment. But like, let's be real, nobody gives a shit because it's just the car launch, you know. But <laughs> when you're craving for something to do with F1 and then that happens, it's like, it's painful to watch but we, we could have done with the mclaren being the fourth or fifth launch mm. not the first one yeah because the hype as well and then it was like oh wow um another the next car was the alpha tauri um i quite liked it um it it's a yeah. bit retro for me with the white wheels and stuff like that but i think it's quite cool i don't know what you guys think of it but I don't really like it. Oh no. I don't really, I'm not a big fan no. of the colour. Yeah. I, I, I would prefer it to be, uh, or, well obviously Alpha Tauri um, is um, black. Uh, no, like almost. Uh, almost <laughs> I'll trim that black. out, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost black, but just go for black. Yeah. Look better. Um, I don't really like the colour. Mm -hmm. It looked like it looks like it's like I don't know. It's like a F1 car from a video game out of the 1990s or something. But that's why I like it. It's got a retro feel to it. It's different. But I can see your point. Um, it's boring. Yeah. It's boring. I'll say that. It's boring. Yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've only seen like three cars, and I'm like. I like that one and when we see the rest of the, of the cars which are actually I think there's like two cars getting launched tomorrow so like um, we've, we've timed this podcast wrong cause we're, <laughs> because we're going to have loads of them tomorrow but um, but yeah it's, big ones tomorrow the yeah. last of Martin and Mercedes yeah exactly Alpine on the 
Uh, oh no, that's on a, on a, uh, on a, on a Tuesday. Yeah, the, the Alpine the... launch was great. I really liked the car. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we've got uh, Alfa Romeo as well, more recently. Um, I like the Alfa Romeo. I don't. I, I, I like don't it red like and white it. Instead of white and red. Everyone's gone nuts like about it. it, and I don't like it. I think it's just, it just looks so basic for me. I don't know why. Like everyone Wait, likes you're, it, you're but you're telling me that the Alfa Romeo looks too basic, but you're yeah. loving the Alfa Tauri. Yeah, it's just a white car with a little bit of red in my eyes. That's the same with no. Alfa Tauri. No, but the they got white wheels, mate. They got white wheels. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's just my personal. I don't know. I just don't. It's not clicked with me. Um, maybe I need to see it on track or something, and then it'll, it, I'll buy into it, but. Would, I don't know, I just, I think it looks too basic in my opinion, but I know that's an unpopular opinion, so I probably shouldn't say much more, but um, but yeah, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up there, we've been going on for a while, um, it is the first what one, up? so, oh, what go on. The Red Bull? Oh, that no. was launched, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. even think that was launched, because it was so... I mean, um, we can probably, probably skim over this. It's exactly yeah. the same as last year. <laughs> yeah, and the year there. I genuinely yeah, forgot that actually happened. Before. I mean, I think that yeah. says how like similar it looks. Um, it didn't I even bring out like a launch livery or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's probably why I forgot about that. Is that it was so like, oh yeah, here's our car. I mean, they literally like announced, oh, we're revealing it tomorrow or something like that. I don't even think there was much like you know build up to it you know especially compared to bloody mclaren um mm. but yeah like i mean we didn't expect much that's for sure um but yeah we'll we'll call it at that um it's the most podcasts won't last this long <laughs> because we won't have to do an almighty season prediction um but uh, it's been great to get this going uh chris and liam and um hopefully we'll, we'll be doing many many more in the coming months of this 2021 season and um and yeah we've got we've got the first predictions in check and uh it, we'll see probably by we'll, we'll probably do another podcast when all the cars have been launched and maybe we'll do like a pre-season uh pre preview or review it will we'll see it'll probably be a review because it's quite a short pre-season and then uh that will be the next time uh, you'll you'll be hearing us about this current F1 season. But thanks, guys, for um, being on the pod, and um, and yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Thank no worries, that's all right. And uh, we'll we'll be back soon.